Hey, what's up? Welcome to the franchise. Daniel Ehrenberg here over there's Logan Beard there. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Wow. It's a very new Logan over there. And uh, we're talking about Planet of the Apes still. What a wildly divisive week this is, though, because we're talking about the widely hated Tim Burton film and the widely adored uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, but I've got a lot to do before we even get there, Logan. Yes. For one thing, I watched the Planet of the Apes TV show. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. So this thing, it, it aired like right after the movie series ended. Like the last movie is like May 73, I think. And then this premieres September 74 on CBS. All right. So you said you may watch two, but you only watched one episode? Uh, I watched part of one episode. <laughs> oh, you didn't even commit to the one. <laughs> yeah. But I got the vibe. I got the premise. I met all the characters. It was fine. Um, Is there a Zira replacement? Who's Zira? No, no, there wasn't. Jesus Christ. Uh, We're one week out. You don't remember Zira? Dude. They they raised... she has such a mark on me. I love it. Good for you, man. I was too taken in by the Helena Bonham Carter ape. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Ari. Yeah. So the show was created by a fellow named Anthony Wilson, who also created the show Banachek with George Pippard. Okay. I knew you wouldn't be familiar with that, but somebody out there's gotta be popping for George Pippard. Um the the best part of the show, opening creds. That's worth looking up, Logan. Uh, good opening credits with theme song by Lalo Schifrin, the guy who did the theme song to Mission Impossible and all the music for Dirty Harry. Okay. Um, so it gets canceled a few months after it premiered in December 1974, largely because it was getting beaten the ratings by Sanford and Son. That's not their fault. That was a big show. That was a big show, yeah. Um, but they were like, we, we could beat Sanford and Son. We got these apes. We even have Roddy McDowell. In the, in the, oh, he's in the show? He's in the show. He plays an ape. Uh, it's not the same ape. So in the show, it's like three, two, oh, yeah, you know, three astronauts show up on the planet of the apes, right? Mm -hmm. One of them dies immediately, and then the other two... They have to like go on the run from the apes. So a lot the show is like them on the run in the US with an ape by their side who has been thrown out of the ape kingdom, played by Roddy McDowell. And uh and it's sort of them every week they like meet some people in, in the America of Ape Land. Okay. Yeah. Sort of like the Incredible Hulk TV show, I guess. Um but and and they it is taking place in the continuity of the movies because they refer to um, something very similar happening ten years earlier. But Roddy McDowell is not Cornelius or Caesar. No, he's a new ape. New ape. I think That's his name is Galen. Galen. All right. Yeah, I only remember that because it has "gay" in it. Um. <laughs> sorry. Uh, so it's fondly remembered by Apes fans because it aired in reruns on the Sci-Fi Channel, and in the '80s they cut the episodes together to create five new Apes films. Like it's they 
they aired them as movies, but they were just three episodes of the show cut together. What are you talking about? Yeah, they did that on TV. Um, all right. Anyway. All right, that's that, Logan. Now let's... But you didn't like it? You just oh. straight up turned it off? You were like, I don't, I hate this. I said, I didn't hate it. I was just like, I, I got the vibe. It was on YouTube. What if, I, what if there was a big twist at the end of episode one? But this I didn't. I wasn't. Known for their... No, no, no. But here's the thing. It was on YouTube and they didn't have episode one. So I had to watch episode two. So <laughs> all, like a previously on? There was. And they talk a lot about the events of the first episode. So I was able to get the first episode through context clues, Logan. Yeah. Does Roddy McDowell do the previously on voice? <laughs> I don't recall. That'd be good. That would be good. You'd be great at that. Um, or Heston. That would also be good. Wow. Could you imagine if they got Charlton Heston to cameo as the previously on voice? That would have been wild. I do. I, I could imagine that. That seems like a thing he would do. Maybe. He wouldn't have to go anywhere. He could just do it from home. Yeah, it's true. They want to pay him to do that. I'm sure he'd do it. Yeah, I think so, too. Anyway, let's talk about the development of the movie franchise. So 20th Century Fox, they have the rights to the movies after the death of the producer, right? I talked about that last Mm -hmm. week. So the first thing they do is this TV show. Then no more movement on Planet of the Apes until 1988. In 1988, they decide they want to do a requel, which was very ahead of its time. Because that's what we're doing they didn't now. Say that. No, but they said it was going to be a sequel to the original that ignores all the other sequels, and it was yeah. it was going to be called Return to the Planet of the Apes. They hired a fellow named Adam Rifkin to write and direct. He was like this indie guy back then. He didn't go on to that much. He did that movie Detroit Rock City about Kiss. Okay. All right, but um. His idea basically was it was going to be Gladiator, like the the Roman Empire of I apes. Like this. And so like the Joaquin Phoenix character would be an ape and the Russell Crowe character would be a human revolting against the apes. Yeah, this is good. That sounds good, right? It, it, yeah, I, th- I think I really do think so. What do you think? I think so, too. It, yeah, I, I like that. It got pretty far in development. They were looking at Tom Cruise or Charlie Sheen for the Russell Crowe role. Okay. I bet every movie says, oh, yeah, we were looking at Tom That's, Cruise. Yeah, and Charlie anything Sheen. from the 80s for sure. Uh, but here's, you know, what's wild is they actually got around to hiring some people. And Rick Baker signed on to do the makeup and Danny Elfman signed on to do the music, both of which would later do those things for the Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Well, that's good. wild shit. All right, so that doesn't get made, unfortunately. Uh, Then they go to Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh. They pitch their idea. It's going to be the apes renaissance, all right? And there's like conservative apes who don't want there to be all this new artwork and liberal apes that are into it, including a Leonardo da Vinci analog played by Roddy McDowell. All right, the other idea was better. <laughs> I agree, but yeah, this one's not. But so this good. is P- Petey Jackson. We love him. We know him. We love him. Well, he went and did Lord of the Rings instead this same year. Ni- in nineteen 1990- ninety. Oh, the year of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, but the, the, for this, he went off and did Heavenly Creatures. Um, 
All right. So then after Peter Jackson, they offer it to Oliver Stone. And he's like, I'm not going to direct this fucking thing. I got other shit going on, like natural born killers and Nixon. But what I'll do is I'll write it and I'll produce it. All right. So he does. He writes the story and and then is signed on for for years as the producer. And it's a horrible idea. Um, they they apes. It turns out that they were able to start the ape revolution because ancient apes knew a code that was hidden in the Bible that about the end of humanity. All right. Okay. It's very very stupid. Yeah. Um, but they hired. It was gonna be called Return of the Apes. And they hired Arnold Schwarzenegger to star in it and Terry Hayes to write it. Who He was the dude who did Road Warrior and uh, also Dead Calm, a good boat thriller. Arnold in A Planet of the Apes could have been fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, Philip Noyce, he was going to direct it. He did the Noyce. Yeah, Noyce. He did the Jack Ryan movies uh, and also Dead Calm, actually, that boat movie. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I guess the producers, Oliver Stone, apparently, huge fan of Dead Calm. Um, so the idea here was um, a producer named Dylan Sellers didn't like the script because it was too much like the Terminator. All right. He, he, which, which one are we talking about again? This is the Oliver Stone one. Okay. He was like, I don't want. A serious movie. They're apes. It's a Planet of the Apes. It should be funny, like the Flintstones. The first one's kind of funny, but it's also pretty serious. No, I know this guy was a dumbass. Um, <laughs> he uh, he insisted, Logan, that they put in a scene where apes have invented baseball, but they haven't come <laughs> up with the idea for the pitcher yet. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to teach them how to complete baseball. All right. I love it. All right. This happened. So then Terry Hayes wrote a new draft to the script. It did not include the baseball scene, Logan. And so incensed was Dylan Sellers by this that he fires Terry Hayes. And when Terry Hayes left, like everyone just dropped off the table, except for Schwarzenegger. He hung on for a little while. Um, Later, Dylan Sellers um, drunkenly crashed his car, killing a fellow film executive and went what? to jail. <laughs> it's kill- like he was with him in the car? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, great stuff. Um, he didn't uh, die, though? He, no, he, just, he survived and went to prison. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next version. Chris Columbus. He signs on to direct a new Planet of the Apes <laughs> Chris movie. Columbus, yeah. Planet of the Apes. 1492 production, Planet of the Apes film. And he hires Sam Hamm to write it with him. Sam Hamm? Yeah, he's the dude who wrote the original uh, Tim Burton Batman. Okay, so I never heard of Sam Hamm. Well, his name's Sam Hamm, two M's. Um, and the idea about this, Chris Columbus's big idea, an astronaut shows up. In present day New York, all right, opens up the visor. It's an ape. 
and the ape has brought a virus from a distant planet that begins to affect the humans. So he's still got Schwarzenegger involved. Schwarzenegger goes to a planet of the apes and to, to find an antidote to the virus, you know? And then when he comes back at the end of the movie, he um, he he lands in New York and uh, he looks at the Statue of Liberty and the, and the Statue of Liberty is an ape. All right. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I like it. Great stuff. Um, so that didn't get off the ground. And then they went back to Peter Jackson. They were like, hey, your idea. You want to do that again? And uh, he thought about it for a little while. But um, but it didn't happen, and because uh, Arnold was still attached, and at this point they wanted James Cameron to produce it, and he was like, my, "It's never going to be my movie if James Cameron's producing the fucking thing," so he dropped out. Who Arnold did? No, Peter Jackson. Oh, sorry. Well, all right. So next, they go to a, a fellow named William Broyles Jr. And it's at this point I'd like to say R.I.P. to the great actor Lance Reddick, who played a character named Broyles on the show Fringe. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so he wrote this Broyles fella. He was sort of like a classy screenwriter. He had written Apollo 13 and Castaway. All right. Yes. What's better? Uh, Castaway. He, he like, but think about that. He, on paper, he typed... Then the ball starts to float away. Tom Hanks says, Wilson. That was that he wrote that. Yeah. So so he comes up with this big sci-fi concept, which ends up being the Tim Burton movie. And um, he wants to call the movie The Visitor. He wants to call the planet in the movie Ashlar. And The Visitor was billed as Episode one in the Chronicles of Ashlar. What is he doing? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. I I love unmade movies. There's nothing I like more. <laughs> I, I like it more than made movies. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they they that attracts Tim Burton, but they budget out the movie and they decide it's going to cost $200 million. They need to get that budget down to $100 million. Half. They need to half the budget. So they hire a husband-wife screenwriter team named Lawrence Connor and Mark Rosenthal. Wait. They're not husband and wife. That's a later movie. (laughs) Never mind. No, the dudes who wrote, uh, the people who wrote Rise of the Planet of the Apes are husband and wife. These are, this is just a screenwriting team. Yeah, they do write a lot together. Yeah, Lawrence Connor and Mark Rosenthal. They're franchise favorites. Not favorites. Well, I don't really like any of the movies they've done, but they've written a lot of franchise movies. They did Jewel of the Nile, the sequel to Romancing the Stone. They did Superman IV, The Quest for Peace, starring Mark Pillow as the nuclear man. They did Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, which is a good Star Trek movie. And uh, they had a big 90s slogan. They did For Love or Money, where Michael J. Fox played a hotel concierge. Beverly Hillbillies, classic remake of the show. Mercury Rising with Bruce Willis hanging out with a kid with autism. And Mighty Joe Young. 
Yeah, and then they were like, "Let's write about more monkeys." We like no, I th- I think that's probably what happened is like the producers were like, "Hey, they wrote that one monkey movie. Let's hire them for this." What about the one you just watched, Congo? Why didn't they get the, that guy? Oh, they should have. But Congo, um, I think didn't do as well at the box office as Mighty Joe Young. That mattered. They were like, "This person wrote a bigger success." Yeah, it was a bigger movie. monkey that movie. One. Yeah. All right. All right, so that's the version that gets made. Tim Burton is our director. William Broyles Jr. and Lawrence Connor and Mark Rosenthal are all credited for the script. Time to cast this baby, all right? Everyone wants to be involved. Don't even worry about it. Mark Wahlberg, he signed on to play the Matt Damon part in Ocean's Eleven. And then was like, wait, Tim Burton's making a Planet of the Apes movie? Fuck that movie. I'm doing this. I swear to you. (laughs) Wow. And they were they were they had him over Damon? Yeah. They thought he'd be better. Well, he was just attached. I like Damon in those movies. Me too. I'm glad they went with Damon. All right. So uh, then Tim Roth, he gets offered the role of Snape. In the Harry Potter franchise. Wow, I never heard that. And he says, fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> Tim Burton's making a Planet of the Apes movie. I'll play the villain. Well, thanks, Tim Roth. <laughs> Great stuff. Alan Rickman probably sent him a fucking fruit basket for that. Yeah. And, uh, and then they get Helena Bonham Carter. She did and- both. She was like, I'll do Harry Potter and. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I guess Planet so. Well, she didn't have to be in the first one. I don't <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um. So Helena Bonham Carter, this is where she met Tim Burton. Oh, really? Yeah, in casting this movie. This is when he fell in love when she was in all that ape makeup. Yeah, Tim. through all the 90s, Tim Burton was with this model named Lisa Marie, not Presley, just Lisa Marie. And uh, she's in a lot of his movies from that era. She's even in Planet of the Apes. Who's she? She's credited as Nova, but I don't remember there being a Nova in this movie. I don't either. I remember there's like some joke to other names, but I don't remember a Nova, I don't think. All right. Well, she's in there and maybe she got her part cut down severely because during the making of this movie, Tim Burton leaves her for Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah. And they stay together for 13 years and have two children. I'm sure those kids are fucking weird. No, oh, come on. They're probably cool. Sure they're perfectly well adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? All right. So the movie finally comes out July 27th, 2001, right in the shadow of 9-11. What does that mean? Before it? Yeah, right before. That's what shadow means? Well, I think shadow means like either right before or right after. Yeah. Well, I would think right after, but... Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. It came out days before my birthday, Logan. I saw it that weekend in the theaters. Hated it. Said, I'll I'll never watch this again. Then that year for Christmas, I had just gotten the DVD player. And one of my cousins who knew I liked movies was like, well, that this is a movie. And bought me this on DVD. Had you were you a fan of the old movie at this point? No, you were just like Tim Burton. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I later sold that DVD to Blockbuster. They did a Blockbuster had a program for a while where they were buying back DVDs from people, <laughs> just trying to stay in business. Um. So uh, it has a hundred 
million dollar budget. It was actually kind of a hit. It made three hundred sixty-two point two million dollars at the box office, and uh, that was good enough for number ten for the year. Wow. Come coming, uh, it was just below uh, number eleven's A Beautiful Mind, and number nine is uh, your favorite movie, Logan, Jurassic Park three, starring Billy. Yes, starring Billy, <laughs> starring starring your turtle backpack. Um. Uh, all right. There are some awards involved. Okay. This was nominated for stuff. Yeah. Including... I hope, like, makeup and costumes, because I thought that they looked incredible. Well, you nailed it. The BAFTAs, Logan, nominated it for both makeup and costumes. Yeah. And it lost makeup to the first Lord of the Rings movie, and it lost costumes to Robert Altman's Gosford Park. Okay. Never seen that. Yeah. All right, the MTV Awards, they took notice. Let's hear that MTV theme. I want my MTV. Very good, very good. Thank you. Uh, Charlton Heston, he was nominated for Best Cameo. Incredibly, because um, he is appallingly bad in this movie. And, uh, you know... Tim Roth said he wouldn't have taken the role if he knew he had to share a scene with uh, Charlton Heston because he fuck he's really anti-gun and really hated Charlton Heston around this time. Did Charlton Heston knew he was signing on to talk about guns? That was that was such a weird scene. I thought I didn't I didn't really understand. I didn't really understand it either. He played Zaya. So he played odd. Tim Roth's dad, right? And yeah. then. He dies, and as he's dying, he says, Damn them! Damn them all to hell! Yeah, and that's kind of a famous line, too. Is that from this movie? I mean, probably not originally. Okay, because I I feel like that's pretty famous. I think that's just a thing people say. Damn them all to hell? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right, so he lost Best Cameo to Snoop Dogg. For his part in Training Day. I knew you were going to say Training Day. Yeah, he's tra- he's good in Training Day. I just watched that. Yeah. And uh, Tim Roth, he was nominated for Best Villain. And he also lost to Denzel Washington for Training Day. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a sci-fi movie, so you know the Saturn Awards are involved. Saturn is between Uranus, between Uranus. And Neptune, Saturn, World sci-fi blessed films. They nominated it for best sci-fi film of the year. It lost to AI, artificial intelligence. Tim Roth nominated for best supporting actor. Lost to Ian McKellen for his role as Gandalf the Grey. Gray. <laughs> yeah, right. He's not white till the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Helena Bonham Carter, she's nominated for supporting actress. She loses to Fiona Flanagan for The Others. Okay. Yeah. All right. Also nominated for costume, lost to Harry Potter 1. Also nominated for makeup, lost to Hannibal, the Ridley Scott one. And uh, it was also nominated for Best DVD Special Edition, Logan. All right. And I, and I owned that. Never watched it. Never uh, watched it. Why not? Well, because I'd seen it in theaters, and I knew it was a terrible movie. Why not? But it's, I feel like that'd be kind of cool, seeing how it all came together. Didn't care. Uh, and that lost, Logan, to Shrek. Which, by the way, was the second of two DVDs that that same cousin bought me that, that Christmas. 
And you watched all the special features on that one, though, I assume? I, probably not all the special features, but I definitely watched the movie. It's, and, uh, of course, the Razzies, the Ra- the Golden Raspberry Awards, they also took note of this film. It's the raspberries, no razzmatazz, well, all we're lacking is little pizzazz, because it's the Golden Raspberries, it's the worst of the worst, not the best of the best, it's... Pizzazz gone around. And uh, they, it, it swept the, the raspberries, Logan. Charlton Heston won Worst Supporting Actor of the Year for his roles in this, Cats and Dogs, and Town and Country, which is a terrible Warren Beatty movie. What a year for Charlton Heston. He was very busy. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Estella Warren who was supposed to be a Estella. (laughs) Very nice. She was supposed to be a major new discovery. I remember when Planet of the Apes came out, there was an article in Entertainment Weekly about Estella Warren. It was like, the next big thing, Estella Warren. Who was she again? She's like the female human lead. She's supposed to be the next big deal. She was supposed to be the next big thing. The year before this, 2000, you know how Maxim counts down the... Hundred hottest ladies in the world? Not really. Well, they do that every year. I don't know if they still do, Not but they still. did back then. <laughs> Maybe they do. It's Maxim Magazine. And, and back then, though, Estella Warren, first place. Wow. In the year 2000? Number one in the year 2000, yeah. Wow. But unfortunately, she won the Razzie for Worst Supporting Actress for this and her role in the movie Driven. With Sylvester Stallone. And the other male lead in Driven is Kip Pardue, who's also supposed to be the next big thing. Driven was 0 for 2 in guessing next big things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And this also won the award for worst remake or sequel. Okay. What else was in the running? Uh, I think Jurassic Park 3 was involved. I think Pearl Harbor was involved. I think Sweet November with Charlie Theron and Keanu Reeves was involved. Uh, and maybe Rush Hour 2. This is a huge like start of things years. Like Harry Potter starts, Lord of the Rings starts, Shrek starts, Fast and Furious starts, Ocean's Eleven starts. Yeah. Bunch. Kind of a kind of a Monsters sea change Inc. for the movie industry. And Planet of the Apes tried to get in on that, but didn't really. What about the mummy? Isn't the mummy this year? Uh, that's the mummy the returns. Sec- yeah, the second mummy. Yeah, uh, wasn't nominated for worst. Well, but you know what? That's the first appearance of the rock in a movie. So that's a big thing. He's mm-hmm. still one of our finest movie stars. Well, not even. I feel like the last few years, people have not liked him as much. Yeah, I know. His star's a little bit on the decline. He's got to come back to Hobbs. Although I did think Sean Penn would be really, really good in Planet of the Apes. I thought if they were going to recast it instead of fucking Mark Wahlberg, Sean oh, Penn. Oh, I, I thought really you meant good. as an ape. I think he'd be a good ape. But Sean Penn, I think, could have led one of these movies. I think he could have brought, like, serious, like you could have followed the movie through Sean Penn and actually... Yeah. Uh, Penn, Penn was never really interested in franchises. I'm sure he got offered a bunch of them. I, I can't think of one that he's in. He, well, he thought Mystic River was going to be a big franchise. It <laughs> could have been, man. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I guess let's talk about the movie now. Yes. Great movie. I'd never seen it before. You'd never seen it before? Okay. Never, ever. I, I hadn't seen it since the week of my birthday in 2001 when I turned 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you right. didn't like it um, immediately. 
hated it then, hated it now. Yeah, I didn't like it either. All right, I assumed. I I don't think it's possible. To, like, if you like this movie, what's going on with you? Yeah, like what? Well, there really actually know. was there actually was one listener of the franchise that I saw on Letterbox defending this movie a little bit, and I was like, wow, that's an interesting take. I wonder if I'll have it, but I didn't. It was bad. Yeah, but you want to say the take or no? The I don't. Rem- I don't remember it. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, you can get us started, I guess. All right. It opens on a monkey in a space suit. It's a real monkey, which I like. And then Mark Wahlberg walks into frame and you're like, what? And it, it's a VR simulation. They're trying to like train a monkey to pilot a spaceship. And Mark Wahlberg, he's talking to the monkey. All right. Hey, and they're hey, getting there. What are we doing in a spacesuit? <laughs> so how do you mother for me? Very good. <laughs> do you know what I said that his astronaut name should be, Logan? Did you see my letterbox review? Yeah, but I don't remember. What was up? Instead of Neil Armstrong, Logan. Neil Boston Strong. Oh, see, oh, I didn't, I didn't understand that. I thought you were saying, I thought you thought his name in this movie was Neil, and I was like, <laughs> no. did you not get his name in the movie? I didn't, under- I didn't understand that the the Boston Strong was a take on Armstrong. I didn't get that. It is, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have included the hashtag. Yeah. All right. I didn't get it. So uh, the year is twenty twenty nine, and they're at a space station. And uh, it seems that his maiden co-worker was uh, Helen Hunt's sister from Mad About You. Oh, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> that was probably the hardest I popped in this entire movie. I was like, holy shit, Helen Hunt's sister from Mad About You. Did you think she was good? Because I did not really. Um, she should probably be doing sitcoms. Okay. But, you know, whatever. It's not like she's given much to do. No, but I just thought she was... Uh pretty bad yeah but everyone's bad in this movie i mean you have to act opposite mark paul giamatti's pretty good yeah you're right he's the mvp (laughs) um wall you know what it's odd though like estella warren is so bad that like in in her scenes with Wahlberg, it kind of makes Wahlberg seem competent i don't know about that (laughs) okay (laughs) never mind all right so uh right off the bat Something's going on with the uh, the mainframe over there in the space station. The <laughs> mainframe. I don't know. I, I said a word. I, I, <laughs> I took they a see dive. like a big galaxy or something, right? They send the ape out there. And no, the ape I, 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 I'm trying to talk before that because oh. uh, they remember they're getting transmissions from all throughout human history. Right, right. It, oh, I actually had a thought. If this was like a few months later, they would have seen 9-11. You're <laughs> probably right, yeah. But uh, we do see Hitler. I just wanted to point that out. Within the first five minutes of this Planet of the Apes movie, I'm looking at fucking Adolf Hitler. Well, they talk about Hitler and the apes. We talk about killing baby Hitler in one of them. That's true. Good point. Hitler, he's a real staple of the franchise at this point. Henry's missing out. He would have loved this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. He is a fan of the Holocaust. Um, so uh, we also see Bill Clinton. He's saying, like, I did not have sexual <laughs> relations with that woman. That's not Miss Lewinsky. It is. That part's actually there? Yeah. He, says that? he doesn't funny. say, we don't hear him say it, but I think that's the footage they use. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, all right. So then, Logan, what were you saying about this great electromagnetic storm? 
Oh, I was just saying they they send the ape to go check it out, but then the ape gets lost. So then Mark Wahlberg's like, I gotta go get my my ape. What was his name's ape? The the name of the ape? Um, Pericles. Pericles. He's like, I gotta go get Pericles, but then he goes after, and then he gets lost. He goes. He goes. I'm going to get my chimp. Never send the monkey to do a man's job. Yeah, that's That's a line. I wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was great. Yeah. And, by the way, oh, I wanted to bring something up before we even start. Like in the original Apes movie, there's like you land on the planet, you you start with the you get the weird death, you land on the planet, you don't know what's going on, they walk for a while, then you see the apes. It's like a great moment, right? Yeah. And this one, opening credits, you get ape opening its eyes in the very opening credits, <laughs> and you're like, All right, this is what I'm in for here. Well, I mean, the movie's called Planet of the Apes. Why hide it? Yeah, but you know Jaws is about a shark. Why hide it? You know, but you don't. It's called Jaws. But you know. But if you you don't, if all you know is the title Jaws, you're like, what's this going to be about? Is this a dentist film? What is it? (laughs) Exactly. But Planet of the Apes is telling you right there. I guess so. All right. I'm going to defend it. But you just and, at that point you know that they're not hiding anything. There's just going to be no mastery to this at all, and there really isn't. I feel like there's no di- sense of direction or anything in this movie. It's just like point and shoot. There's it's so devoid of any life. Yeah, Tim, it's my least favorite Tim Burton movie. Do you want to hear my my Tim Burton rankings? Yeah. All right. We said we were. Gonna How many do you got? Twenty. Twenty exactly. Oh wow. Twenties Planet of the Apes, and by the way, Tim Burton. Uh, when asked if he would come back to a sequel for this movie, said he'd rather jump out of a window. That's funny. Yeah, or something like that. Um, Can I guess your next one? Alice in Wonderland. No, Mars Attacks. Oh, damn. Yeah, I went that low after the rewatch? Yeah. 18 is Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. You ever saw the second one? No. Okay. 17's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. 16, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Yeah, I agree. All these movies are okay. 15 is Dumbo. 14 is Corpse Bride. 13, Sleepy Hollow. 12, Dark Shadows. 11, Original Batman. 10, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Number 9 is the Frankenweenie animated movie. 8 is Big Eyes. 7 is the Frankenweenie short. Wow. Six is Big Fish and the top five, all masterpieces. Five, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Four, Ed Wood. Three, Batman Returns. Two, Edward Scissorhands. One, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, number one. I think my favorite is Scissorhands. I think that one's my favorite. That used to be my favorite um, because it's more emotional and stuff. But I think like, like Batman Returns, too. Yeah, okay. But I think from front to back. Beetlejuice is like a perfect movie. Okay. I, I understand. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands may have higher highs. I would give you that. Yeah. And I had a I had a big crush on um on a what's her Winona Ryder. Oh yeah. Everyone. I'm did. sure every yeah, she's every like she's did. like early two thousand Zoe De Chanel. You watch her in a movie, you can't not fall in love with her. Winona yeah. Ryder was the same way in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. I bet. Holy shit. Her as a 
plays a manic pixie taxi cab driver in Jim Jarmusch's Night on Earth. I, as soon as you said, ta- I knew you were going to say that movie when as soon as you said taxi driver. Yeah, I would have asked her to oh. marry me at, doing one scene in that movie with her. I'm sure that would have been uh, harassment or something. Probably. I would, but there was no Me Too back then, so fuck <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> all right. So they la- he lands on the planet of the apes. It's a more foresty landscape than the original. The original was more deserty, right? I like the deserty. I do too. Too many trees going on in this movie. It's too- also too dark. Yeah, it is too dark. Everything's dark. It's always nighttime in this movie. And when it's not nighttime, there's like there- dust storms where everything's covered in dust. Yeah, I sort of said something in the, when we did the first movie. I was like, I'm so glad that this movie is, is like extremely coherent. It's just like scene by scene by scene. Like you're following the story. It's not cutting between like the good guys and then the bad guys and then the good guys and then the bad guys. And then what do we get in this movie? That exact thing that I wasn't looking forward to in the first movie. Yeah, pretty much. So right away, he runs into Chris Christopherson. And he's like, hey, I like doing Blade. And <laughs> say how do you mother say how do you mother for me? And uh, Chris Christopherson runs away, uh, and he's like, "Follow us, we're human. We talk in this one, by the way, humans." Yeah, they do. Yeah, and so he follows him. He sees uh, Estella Warren. He's like, "That's a fine piece. I guess I'll follow these humans." And uh, they get captured and put in like a little rolling cage <laughs> you skipped over the best part of what the movie tell me when he says take your stinking hands off me you damn dirty human oh i was getting to that well did i was that that's earlier? before they put him in the cage oh that's before the cage okay yeah yeah i of course a classic line yeah by, the, by way, the way did you remember that in rise of the planet of the apes all the classic lines are delivered by draco malfoy yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i, did realize <laughs> I that. didn't realize that I didn't at the time, but I, I did because I didn't know all the classic lines probably in 2011. Mm. But, but by the way, the like the whole point of the first movie is like, what's his name? Taylor Charlton Heston. Yeah, very good. Is he is so advanced? He's like the only one. He's like the only human that can even talk. Right. Yeah, they're blown away by him. They're like, we thought humans were mongoloid creatures, and. Yet, here's a human with the ability to think and speak. Yes, but in the, on this one, they all can do that. And so the only reason that Mark Wahlberg is like the leader is because he's Mark Wahlberg, basically. is because he's the movie star. Right. So the whole, when you're watching this movie, you, you know it's a movie. But when you watch the old movie, everything makes sense in the story. Meanwhile, That's the difference if I got movie. two guys telling me to do shit... One of them's Mark Wahlberg. One of them's Chris Christopherson. <laughs> I'm listening to Christopherson. Yeah, I am too. I don't even really know that guy. Uh, so um, they uh, they get there. It, I mean, it's all just like liberal conservative kind of thing in this one. Like the apes are stern taskmasters, and they don't it, they treat the humans like slaves. Yeah. Yeah, like at one point they call one of the humans a house human, like instead instead of like a house negro. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't care for. No. I also didn't care for saying that out loud just now. Um, <laughs> By the way, I my favorite part of this movie, aside from like the uh, the makeup and the 
the uh costumes which i think are, are actually great like the whole i was like i actually don't know what's because i th- i sort of think they nailed it in all the different eras they made it in like i feel like the originals are great for what they are i loved watching those the, the entire time we were watching them the costumes and here i thought they nailed the costumes but then in the new one i sort of like the new technology they were working with that's that's the reason to watch the, well aside from the other one has like a few good movies. You but. know, the first five minutes watching the new one, I was like down on on the technology. I was like, I missed the makeup. But then yeah. once you get involved in the story and shit, like it is really astonishing. Yeah, I agree with you. And it'll only get better. War for the Planet of the Apes, the one you haven't seen, looks unreal. You mean real? Yeah, I guess <laughs> I do mean real. <laughs> All right, so we'll do that. Here's something I don't like about this movie. Everyone's jumping around on wires. I love it. Because the fucking Matrix had just come out. It's so funny. Oh, I hate it. It Every every single time. What's his name? Tim Roth? Yeah. I always want to call him Eli Roth because I think I knew who that was first. (laughs) Sure. Every time Tim Roth gets on a horse, he always jumps off a fucking cliff onto the horse. First. Yeah, it's and incredible. he does a little move where first, before he lands on the horse, he lands on his hands and then drops yes. down. Yeah, it's a weird it's little awesome. move. All right, so we meet the ape senate. Around this time in movie history, for some reason, we <laughs> in science fiction movies, we all wanted to talk about the senate constantly. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. So... um who do we meet? Like Gary Oldman's one of them. Gary Oldman's in this movie. <laughs> I I gotta be honest. He was when I went to watch this on Stars with a Z. Uh, it said starring Mark Wahlberg, Tim Roth, and Gary Oldman. Ooh. And then I was like looking for Gary Oldman the entire movie, and I wasn't really able to clock who he was. And then I was like, I guess he was one of the apes. So who you just gave up and assume he's one of the apes? Yeah. Hey, look at this. He, he, I'm looking at it now. He's not in the fucking movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like we would have known so that. So fucking stars was just wrong. I told you one time. Star- oh, no, that was Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime one, si- one time said that. Uh, said that. Uh, what's the name of that fucking movie? Said that one movie was directed by Terrence Malick when it was definitely not directed by Terrence Malick. What was the movie? What's that movie from 1999 about those pe- Office Space? This said Office <laughs> Space was directed by Terrence Malick. Oh my god, that was a fucking boring version of Office <laughs> Space. All right, but uh, who is there? Tim Roth is there as Tim Roth, as the direct, Fade. The, from Scream Two, the the theater play. Guy. <laughs> That's right, he's there. Giamatti, our MVP. Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan. Yes. And I feel like that's it. I feel like we got it. The big no, players. no one. Uh, there was also um, the dude from Beetlejuice was one of them. <laughs> who? The, you know the guy Otho who comes in to like help them like get the spirits. Yeah, I remember Otho. Yeah, he's there. All right, I don't remember that. All right, Timmy gave him some work. So, so they're all sitting around the table. First, they've got to give. They've got to say grace. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so they they say thanks to Simos, the ape god, the first ape. He's sort of Jesus of the apes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, what happens next, Logan? 
Uh, oh, geez. Well, they fucking break out, right? Pretty soon. Yeah, and Helena Bonham Carter helps him out with that because she's like the senator's daughter and she's a real libtard. Yeah, and she's like pretty into him immediately. Yo, and, and the he's... second he sees her, he's give, she's giving her, him come fuck me vibes with her eyes. You know, she's him wearing to mascara, too, the whole thing. Uh, oh, for sure. No, there's some heat between this man and ape. Yeah, absolutely. So much so that he did, he sort of ignores the human for a long time to to just sort of flirt with the ape. Dude, at the end of the movie, he kisses Helena Bonham Carter goodbye, and then like just spots her out of the corner of his eye and was like, "Oh, I should go say goodbye to her too." But he kisses them both. He ends up kissing yeah. both of them. Yeah, man, he's a player. There's a real um, love triangle in this film between man, woman, and ape. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, did you like the part where we see the kids? It's like during the big breakout scene when they're running and you see those kids like smoking a bong at one point. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were sort of like punk rock apes. Yeah. They, lo- I they, looked, that. they looked like the the from a clockwork orange. Those that crew. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen that movie, uh, so I don't right. know what you're talking about. Anyway. But, but uh, uh, we saw a lot of shit like that. There were apes just running everywhere in that town. It was chaotic ape community. There was an ape barber. Yeah. <laughs> there was there were little kids playing ape games. Anyway, uh, so they have to cross some water to escape, and that's when we learn apes are afraid of water. Yeah, we see one that drowned. Yeah, it's like um, it's signs. Oh, it is kind of signs. That's yeah. Funny. Um, <laughs> and Stella Warren goes, that's why we pray every day for it to rain in her patented, stilted, nothing voice. Uh, she's unable to convey anything. Anytime they cut to Stella Warren for like, like a, a reaction shot about something, I never know what she's supposed to be saying with her face. Yeah, right? Like, I f- yeah, there would be a few moments where I feel like she's supposed to be conveying, like, heartbreak or something. Yeah. And I, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't really buy it here. <laughs> there was one scene where, like, Wahlberg was talking to Helena Bonham Carter for a while, and she, like, gets up and runs away. And I was like, what the hell was that? Yeah, did you hear <laughs> something in the woods she's going to go check out? Yeah. What, what happened? I, I didn't understand her motive. I think it was supposed to be jealousy, but I'm not sure. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, oh, they they have Giamatti with them at this point, too, don't they? Yeah, they do. And he says... Can't we all just get along? <laughs> Which I I thought was hilarious because do you know what that's from? Can't we all just get along uh, sideways? No, no, no. No, you remember in uh, in 1992 there were the L.A. riots slogan where L.A. rioted because the LAPD beat the shit out of this black guy named Rodney King for no reason. Yeah, and after that, Rodney King got on the news and he said, can't we all just get along? And even though that was a lovely sentiment, we spent the next 10 years ripping on it. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's a funny thing we do. <laughs> yep. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, that was the hardest I laughed in the movie when Paul Giamatti said that. Yeah, I would have too. Yeah. Um, all right. Back in Ape Town. 
They declare martial law. They give <laughs> fucking Tim Roth all the power to do whatever he wants. That's right. General Fade. And uh, he. Do you t- like him in this movie? Tim Roth? Yeah. I think he's very committed. Yeah. He is committed. But I don't know. His voice, he just does this sort of like scratchy. He, I'm a, I talk like this the whole movie. And yeah, he's sort of like, I'm the bad guy. Right. <laughs> I don't know. See, it came across kind of generic to me. Yeah, a little bit. He's having fun, though. You can tell he's having fun. But he's he's clearly. But like... not as much fun as Giamatti. <laughs> Giamatti is having a fucking blast in this movie. He is. He's making some funny faces and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Roth goes to talk to his dad, Charlton Heston, and gets a history lesson, and uh, uh, and that's the worst performance in the movie. I'm going to go MVP, Paul Giamatti, LVP, Charlton Heston. Okay, not Mark Wahlberg. Do you, th- you do think it's better if somebody else is Mark, is Mark Wahlberg, or is this like a directing problem? Um, I think it's better, but I don't think it's good. Yeah, it's definitely better better because mark Wahlberg is just i mean this was like what was he not having to like try to prove himself at this like how about this so mark Wahlberg takes this instead of the oceans 11 role what if he took that matt damon is the lead in planet of the apes we already know he's great at playing an astronaut from his academy award nominated (laughs) performance in the martian yeah and uh i think it would have worked out better but I mean, hundred percent. But it was gonna be a bad movie no matter what. And honestly, Wahlberg's not the LVP to me because as bad as he is, he's not as bad as Charlton Heston. He's not as bad as Estella Warren. I, you know, so I, I gotta give him that. Also, Damon is like a, like he won for writing. He's like a creative guy. I feel like maybe if he's on this set, he and Burton would have had ideas. Did I say? Uh, Mark Wahlberg but Mark Wahlberg is just nothing he was just like all right tell me what to do I want to get this over with as soon as possible maybe Damon could have added some life into this that's a good choice actually (laughs) thank you uh all right so what happens next they uh they find they go to the forbidden they don't you know in the original movie it's the forbidden zone but in this one they call it the forbidden area which I didn't like okay doesn't sound as cool use the word zone what's what are you doing I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So it's Kalima, the forbidden area. And then you get this shot where it's like, holy shit, is that the Statue of Liberty? But no, it's not. It's just like Mark Wahlberg's ship, which was a little bit shaped like the Statue of Liberty's head. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. And um, he goes into the ship. It's like a thousand years later, but it's still running very smoothly. Uh, because they say the ship has technology, like an engine that will last forever. Yeah, I didn't question it. You didn't question it, even though in the present they say day, it lasts forever. But in the present day stuff, this takes place in 2029. You're That's presupposing that we could come up with an engine that lasts forever by 2029. <laughs> uh, it's possible. You know, that was a thing back then is like. In sci-fi movies, we'd set it like a few years into the future. And it was like, maybe this will happen by then. But I think now we're doing a different thing in sci-fi where we just set it present day and it's like an alternate version of present day. Yeah, which I kind of like more. Like The Last of Us, in that show, the virus happens in 2003 
And then the show takes place in 2023, and the virus has just been ravaging Earth for 20 years. And, you know, we live in 2023. We know that's not the case, but we're still able to accept it in a show. Yeah, I like alternate realities more. Yeah, I do too. Is that your problem with, like, Lord of the Rings? Is that, like, with other things, they're, like, on different planets or in different universes, but Lord of the Rings is on Earth in a different time. You don't really understand when or where. And now, like, and it's and it's a joke every time you watch one of these things now. Like, Time Cop is a movie that was made in 1994, okay? It, it, in that show, the police force, all the police forces in the world use time-traveling technology to go back and prevent crimes. And that movie takes place in 2004. They were like, in 10 years, we're doing it. Time traveling cops. We didn't know. We knew. (laughs) You think, I mean, who knows what could happen 10 years from now? Well, according to Donald Trump, he wants uh, 10 American cities to be fitted to run with flying cars. I'm sure that it'll happen. Well... He keeps all his promises. What about that one promise that he's going to jail? He's promised us that he's going to jail, and so hopefully he will. He, p- he promised us the wall, Logan. That got started, I think. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Did Mexico pay for it? I don't know. I don't know. Why are we talking about this? Um, so Kalima, the forbidden area. They, it, so in the ship, uh, Mark Wahlberg is like, oh, my God, this is my ship. And then he sees on the wall, Kalima, and it's a C-A, and then under that an L-I, and then under that an M-A. And he's like, oh my God, it's not Kalima. And then he wipes- idiot. Yeah, he wipes away dirt off the wall, and it says, caution live animals. Oh my God. Which is the dumbest twist in the world, uh, because- why would would dirt be caked in those exact same spots for a thousand years? <laughs> it never, but it never covered the Kalima part. Yeah, it's a good question. You just kind of have to accept it. Yeah, I'm not able to accept anything. But uh, yeah, I, I mean that I, I genuinely think is one of the dumbest twists in motion picture history. Uh, didn't bother me that much. Really. Yeah, I mean, that's what these movies do. They kind of like, oh, that's a different... What you thought was true isn't true. But it's one thing for him... Like, he watches all those vids. We get to see uh, Helen Hunt's sister from Mad About You again, which I was excited about. And that, like, explains to him sort of what happened. And, like, that's fine. That does that. We don't need the caution live animals thing. So, um, it but it turns out that it's the monkeys that they brought on this ship. They revolted, and they and Simos was Simos Pericles. I think, I think Pericles is Pericles. I think they just think Pericles is Simos. I don't think Simos. But who came up with the name Simos? I think Simos is real for their world, but I don't think we ever see him. No, but I think Simos is supposed to be Pericles. All right? Because, although maybe not, I don't know. But th- but then when Pericles comes back in that spaceship that looks like a whistle, um, 
they they say, oh, it's the second coming of Simos. But then at the end, isn't Thade Simos? What? <laughs> when, whenever they go to the to the Abraham Lincoln and it's Thade <laughs> as the ape, aren't we meant to think that Thade was like the the original ape? He was like the Simos. I no, I think Thade was the original ape on planet Earth. Like what happened is like Thade. <sighs> took off in the same electromagnetic storm that Mark Wahlberg did, and he got to Earth first and, like, started the ape revolution. Yeah, I sort of have a question. So when Mark Wahlberg traps him in the thing at the end, Mark Wahlberg basically fucks Earth. He sends him to Earth. He gives him the ability to travel there and create his... Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, he probably took that ship. Because... In the original movie, when you get the Statue of Liberty, it answers every question you have in the movie. You're like, where are we? What is this place? And this, when you see the Statue of Liberty, you're like, oh, wow, so this is Earth. This is just what happened, right? It answers every question you have. Yeah. This one, you get to the end, and it just raises a million more questions. You're yeah. like, what? Is it? How did that? Did he? Yeah, I was wondering, did he get to Earth? Was he the original ape? What happened to Simos? How did he get there? How did he beat him if he left first i thought i had a lot of questions well tim burton says that you know they wanted to make sequels to this so he he wanted to leave some answers open to the sequels oh very smart but i mean they never made sequels to this so you're just like huh (laughs) yeah uh and tim roth said he never even got it he was like when i saw the movie (laughs) i I was like i didn't understand the ending (laughs) that's funny yeah uh and i didn't either really I like the the first one. It's got such a great ending. I know you don't want to like repeat yourselves in these franchises, but just do that. That's the thing everyone knows. You did get the stinking paws off me, or do what Rise of the Planet of the Apes does, and it's just like a whole new invention of it, or it's like a scientist who does a thing. It's it's not about no, but they, but they're doing Planet of the Apes in this one. It's the planet of the apes. So if they're yeah. if they're gonna end it with Mark Wahlberg like landing back on Earth, just have them yeah. see the Statue of Liberty, the ruins or whatever. Yeah, that was our thing about the first one. Is it didn't have to be a New York thing that we knew. It could have been anything, and they could have done the same thing, and it could have just been anything. Yeah, you know, I never, I didn't remember that it was stayed when I like, I knew that. I, I was expecting the end of this movie. I remembered it, that the the Lincoln mo- Memorial is a monkey. <laughs> but I forgot that it was it was actually a carving of Thade, the Tim Roth character. Yeah, me. Yeah, me too. But, but I but I had never known that, obviously. Yeah. Anyway. Also, Mark Wahlberg, what's so great about the fir- the first movie is Charlton Heston breaks down at the end and it's like, they fucking, they finally fucked humanity. They finally led us to a point where we were just no more. And in this one, Mark Wahlberg sees it and he just turns around and sees a bunch of cops. He's like, all right. He just has yeah, zero reaction. He's just like, oh face. shit. Like, How do you mother for me? He just like, there's nothing going on in his eyes in that moment. Yeah. And then well, there's ends. nothing ever going on in his eyes. That's why Mark Wahlberg, he's only good at playing cops who are mostly like dumb sociopaths. Fear. He's great in fear. Yeah. And he's a sociopath in that. And Boogie Nights. And Boogie Nights where he's a really dumb, dumb, dumb guy. Yeah. Yeah. That That's what he's good at. You can't hire Mark Wahlberg to play an astronaut. Fuck off. I mean, we... 
he's in the happening, right? He plays a science teacher, like a high school science teacher. Yep. And like no one bought him in that fucking movie. So if we don't buy him as a high school science teacher, we're sure not going to buy him as a fucking astronaut. But we didn't know at this point that we weren't going to buy him as a science teacher. Well, they should have. He's they Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, they should have known. He's fucking Marky Mark. We're yeah. less. When than they get Donnie Wahlberg? I mean, at at this point in 2001, we are less than 10 years removed from good vibrations. You know, like my choice of Sean Penn? I, I like Sean Penn would have really I think he, this. he would elevate anything, but I don't think Sean Penn would ever do something like this. Yeah. Nick Cage. What about Nick Cage? Yeah, he would have been better. He would have at least given some weird energy to it. He would have done great. And you would have probably... given a reaction at the end. Yeah, you, he probably could have convinced you that you wanted to see him fuck the ape, too. Really? Yeah. But would the ape have been as into him? Nick Cage? Are you kidding me? Yeah, at this point in time, Nick Cage was a real heartthrob. But the whole... like the whole, the whole thing in this is just that he's the hero because he's Mark Wahlberg. It's not that he's the hero because he's more advanced. It's just he's the hero because he is the hero. He's the Very most stupid. charismatic guy. Now think of Nick Cage in a room with any amount of people. Who's the most charismatic guy in that room? Yeah, definitely Nick Cage. Yeah, you're damn right. I'm excited. I'm excited about that Renfield movie, by the way. I never saw Renfield. Oh, it's coming out like next month, I think. It's uh, Nick Cage plays Dracula in it. Oh, oh yes. I'm looking forward to that. I yeah. saw some pictures. He looks very cool. Um, I'll give it a one. Yeah, me too. I just like felt nothing. I wanted it to end. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, cutting back and forth. Um, yeah, who's well, your MVP? I guess Giamatti. But I think the real MVP is just the costumes and the makeup. Yeah, you could give it to Rick Baker if you want, who did the makeup. He, I, he, he does. Yeah, he does a fine job. I always liked Rick Baker. He does the makeup yeah, for Men in Black. Like he's done lots of shit. <laughs> yeah, lots of shit. Um, anyway, who's your LVP? Uh, I'll go with whatever you had. Oh, I had Charlton Heston. Yeah, that's a good one. I originally said Marky Mark. No, I'm going to go Marky Mark if you're going to go Charlton Heston. It's just so stupid. What is he doing? I know. doesn't make any sense. He's a terrible actor. You know, I saw, um, you know how on Instagram they'll, like, recommend you some posts? Sure. This week. Like sponsored I, posts? No, no. Like, uh, here's some other people you might want to follow. Yeah, sure. So I was looking at it this week, and they recommended me this post by Mark Wahlberg. And, uh... It was him and his kids hanging out with DJ Khaled and his kids. And the caption was like, you know, I had to hang out with my boy Khaled. Hashtag God is great. Yeah. And you you didn't like that? No, it did not make me follow Mark Wahlberg on Instagram. <laughs> but I just I, I mean, I liked thinking about Mark Wahlberg hanging out with DJ Khaled. Um, just talking it. about how neither one of them eat pussy. <laughs> who are yeah who are like his friends who like connects with mark Wahlberg? i guess peter berg right i yeah peter they've berg. done like eight movies I, together the thing about mark Wahlberg is i don't think he'd ever hang out with anyone more famous than he is oh he, he's gotta be the right. alpha in every room he, that's why he still hangs out with all his like friends from like high school and shit like the, his entourage you know that show entourage is based on mark Wahlberg. yeah that's that's actually a great point. Yeah. That's like that's kind of like LeBron, I feel like. Is he like that? 
Kind of. I feel like all the people he would hang out with are like people that are not as. I mean, nobody's like as great as LeBron, but I don't. I don't really see like him and Kevin Durant being great friends in twenty years. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but but he's oh. friends with like Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul, people like that. Yeah, and Bronny James, <laughs> his own son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> D Wade. That's another one. Okay, <laughs> great. Dwayne Wade. I know that one. I even know how I even know how to spell Dwayne. Yeah, go for it. D U W A Y N. No, what the hell? Is that? What? Do that's again. that's how he spells it, right? No, do it again. D U W No A Y N E. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's D W Y A N E. Oh shit. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, you knew it was weird. But... Yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> um let's get to the next one. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. All right. So after 2001, nothing further happens with this franchise. They decide not to make another one. They pursue other franchises. 20th Century Fox, they're killing it at this point with X-Men. All right. So um, we've got... So actually, they didn't even initiate this movie. Did you know that? The, the writers went ahead. One of them read an article about like monkeys turning on their owners, like pet monkeys. And he was like, that'd be a cool idea for a Planet of the Apes movie. So they just like wrote a Planet of the Apes movie on spec and and, and offered it to 20th Century Fox and they bought it. That's awesome. Yeah. They're a husband and wife team. Yeah. Rick, Rick and Amanda. Rick and Amanda. Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver, a fine Jew. Um, and uh, they... Before this, hadn't done that much. They wrote the movie The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, which is about an evil nanny. Well worth watching, by the way. And uh, The Relic, which is about a monster in a museum. And uh, but, but now their career is really taken off. They're huge because they, they, of this franchise. They wrote this one and Dawn, but not War. But they are signed on to write the next one, Logan, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Did you just say that was a fourth one or that was a completely new one? No, it's going to be a sequel to these three, but uh, but it's an attempt to launch a new um, trilogy. So it's probably it takes place in like the same continuity, but maybe later with different characters. Like Scream, whatever. Scream 5. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking don't reference Scream to me right now. All right. Um, yeah, but they all, yeah, they did Jurassic World and they did Avatar The Way of Water. So well, they're signed deal. on to do Avatars 2 through 5. Oh, wow. So they're big in the, in the Avatar verse. They came up with Spider, probably. Yeah. Probably and right. <laughs> they also wrote the Mulan live action remake for uh, Disney. Who remembers that? Uh, I remember it existed. Okay. All right. So there are writers. They hire on this fellow, Rupert Wyatt, to direct. He's only ever done an indie film before this called The Escapist, which starred Brian Cox, by the way. That's how he ended wow. up in this movie. Yeah. And uh, then he didn't do the second one, I think, because he went off and did. He was going to do this Gambit movie, which is like an X-Men spinoff. But then that movie never got made. Yeah. All right. So he's kind of had a bad career since then. He's only directed two movies, The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg and Captive State, which is a sci-fi film I've never even heard of. Yeah, Captive State. Wow. John Goodman's in it. He's the headliner. Okay. Um, 
So we got to cast this thing, right? So who do we look towards, Logan? Dave Franco. Not Dave Franco. Oh, that would have been funny. And then he was like, actually, my brother would be good for this. (laughs) No, actually, Tobey Maguire. Oh, my God. Yeah, we wanted Tobey Maguire's little doe eyes. No, what about his other friend? His crybaby face. And uh, so they're like, no, we don't want Pussy Posse. We want next-gen Pussy Posse. Let's go with James Franco. Mm-hmm. And uh, he signs on. No problem. So uh, movie comes out August 5th, 2011 uh, on a budget of $93 million. I thought I thought it was interesting that the budget was less than yeah, the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie. I guess it costs more to do all that makeup than it does. That's to- why they don't do it anymore. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Too much money. That's why they're able to make like 17 Marvel movies a year. Yeah, like, ah, fuck it. We'll just do computer. Yeah. So at $93 million budget, it ends up making $481.8 million. Big hit. Comes in at number 11 at the box office. Actually, between two Marvel movies. Number number 12 was Thor, and number 10 was Captain America, the first Avenger. Or it might have been the other way around. Well, that's fun when a Marvel movie was not in the top ten. Thor outside the top ten. I know that we were still going to see like real movies back then. Yeah, this is like the last <laughs> gasp of that. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, no, you know what the last gasp was that year that American Sniper was the number one movie. Yeah, I think that's the next year, right? Uh, or no, it's maybe twenty thirteen. Twenty fourteen, I think. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. Wow. All right. So this was nominated for some awards, Logan. Okay. Including one Oscar. Oscars, it's the red carpet, it's the red carpet, and the gowns and the tuxes. The Oscars, it's the big night for Hollywood, the red carpet and the golden man. Best visual effects, which it lost to Martin Scorsese's Hugo. Well, never saw that one. Me neither. It's actually on my list of shit to watch coming up. Um, Saturn Award. They loved it. Then they so they nominated it for best sci-fi film and best director, and they they split. This won best sci-fi film of the year, but it lost best director to J.J. Abrams for Super Eight. Hmm. No one talks about Super Eight anymore. That was like a big movie at the time. Yeah, I saw it when it came out, but not since. Yeah, the only I no one remembers anything about it. The only thing I yeah. remember about it was that. I saw it in theaters, and right after the movie, I walked out onto the street in New York, and the first thing I saw was Tommy Wiseau on the street. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. And it you was incredible. completely forgot about Super 8. Yeah, I never thought about Super 8 for the rest of the day. Just thought about Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. I got to rewatch Super 8. Do you? Yeah, I do. All right. Let me know how it holds up. I will. All right. This one best visual effects at the Saturn Awards. Uh, Andy Serkis, Logan, won the award for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, there was like a big deal, I feel like, in the next movie, maybe. Definitely in the in the last movie where people were like, people, they got to stop ig- ignoring this technology. Just nominate Andy Serkis for Best Actor already. I feel like he's... Yeah, I mean, that started when he was... Um, what's his name? Gremlin? Gollum. Gollum. Uh <laughs> He was Gollum in those Lord of the Rings movies, and uh, he got a lot of Oscar buzz around that time. But the Oscars were like, we're not forward thinking enough for this yet. And apparently they still aren't. I don't think no. they've nominated anyone for doing this. Definitely not. And the Smaug should have gotten it. 
<laughs> you think so? Benedict, yeah. Yeah. Well, Circus, he'd already played a monkey, right? He was King Kong in the Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah. Well, not... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so he's a he's a seasoned monkey actor by this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so they, Saturn also nominated for Best Writing, but it lost to uh, Take Shelter by Jeff Nichols, which is an interesting film. Some good writing. Okay. All right. Um, let's talk about it, Logan. Yes. The movie starts, it's sort of like that, um, you know the scene in Being John Malkovich where like they show a flashback to their monkey when it gets captured in the wild? Sure. <laughs> That's how this movie opens. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this monkey's name is Bright Eyes. Just like the original. Did you catch that? Yeah, I did. I did think about that. That's what they called... Uh... What's his face? Today? Actually, to be honest, I didn't catch it. My girlfriend was like, just like the original. And I was oh, like, oh, wow, you're a big dummy. <laughs> it, well, <laughs> I don't I don't want her to listen to this and be like, fuck you. I thought. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the monkey is Bright Eyes, uh, one of my favorite folk singers. All right. Okay. <laughs> you know Bright Eyes? No, I don't know Bright Come Eyes. Come on, let's go listen to some Bright Eyes, bro. When you're feeling bummed out, you're having a bad day, feeling kind of suicidal, check out some bright eyes. All right. That happens quite often. All right. Well, oh, Logan. (laughs) Maybe don't. It might push you over the edge. Um, So uh, who who do we got? There's a lab, and it's James Franco in there. He's working on a new Genesis, right? That's the name of the company? That's right. And he's working on a drug called ALZ-112, which is going to be a cure for Alzheimer's that they're testing on this monkey Bright Eyes. And uh, his lab partner, of course, is the great Tyler Labine. From? Well, I I like him from TV shows. He was on Reaper, which was canceled after two seasons, and Invasion, which was canceled after one season. And those are two of my all-time favorite shows. Oh, I know him from, he's either Tucker or Dale in yeah. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, I I uh, I saw that on a really weird date. I like that movie a lot. We made out, and I said I'd call her again, and I did. She, it was a bad date, bad date. <laughs> but the movie was all right. I was okay with it. We also we also watched Teen Wolf on that, on that date. It was like the a movie week, or the show? The movie. We had just watched uh, that for the podcast, and then... Um, I was so into it. I was like, let's watch Teen Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. By yeah, the way. I, I forgot about that date. You know, sometimes you you spend an entire night with a girl and you never think about it until years later. <laughs> That's never happened to me. Well, you're still young. Yeah. Uh, you didn't bring up that this, the plot of this is just like a complete ripoff of Deep Blue Sea. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's Alzheimer's medication as well. She's testing on sharks to to treat her father who has Alzheimer's. That's I never thought about that before, Logan. Me either it's, until watching it this time. And right, she, and her father has Alzheimer's, just like in this one, John Lithgow. Exactly like this movie. That is wild. Yep. Explain yourselves, Rick and Amanda. Yeah, that's all I, I, that's all you, I want. You ripped this shit just, off. Just, man. just acknowledge that you ripped off Deep Blue Sea. I think my boy Rennie Harlan's got a court case. Yeah, or at least the writer of that movie. I don't remember who wrote it. That's why I said Rennie Harlan. Let's say Rennie Harlan wrote it. 
<laughs> sure. Why not? I like to think so. All right. So Bright Eyes goes crazy and he busts through a window in the, this boardroom and everyone's like, fuck ALZ 112. It's making monkeys crazy. Yeah. But it turns uh, out she only did it because she had a baby and she was, she was just protecting being protective. Yeah. So th- th- he, she gets shot by some security guards, but they're still able to deliver the baby, Caesar. And Caesar. I think is she had delivered bored. the baby before that. I don't think she was dying. No, and then not, the baby. no. I believe they found out she was pregnant when she died. No, that's not true at all. Because then why would the gov- why would those government people let the baby live? She had the baby in her little container. I don't chamber. think they do. Tyler, let the, dude, I'm right. About I don't this. think they do let the baby live. Tyler Labine is gonna put the baby down, and he goes, "I've already put down twelve fucking monkeys. You're doing this one." And James Franco can't bring himself to do it, and brings him home. But t- so Bitch, who finds right about this? Who finds the baby? What do you mean? Who finds the baby? They do in Genesis. Who's they? Franco and Labine, but Genesis, you know, like their boss, David Oyelowo, Martin Luther King Jr., yeah. he knows about the the baby, and he's like, kill that monkey, too. You're killing all the test subjects. I don't want any of this bullshit. No monkeys in the office anymore. They're nuts. But we see them kill this ape, okay? So you're saying she had the baby after she was already shot? Yes. How? They she dies on the table. They're able to still deliver the baby. I'm pretty sure she has the baby, right? I know I'm right about this. Let me explain. I think she has the baby in her little chamber. And I think when they are like trying to deal with her and like take her out for testing or whatever, and she gets defensive, I think she's getting defensive because she has the baby. And that's why she breaks out and why she goes crazy. And then she ends up getting shot because she's protecting her baby. That could maybe be. You <laughs> completely change your tune after that? No, no, no. I, but uh, my only point was that they were supposed to kill this monkey. Genesis all knows about it. Yes. And then Franco brings it home. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. I thought she was pregnant, but it, she might have had the baby. I, I would concede that. I guess it doesn't really matter. Someone will tell us on the internet which one was. But I sort right. of have a question, like... Once Franco realizes that she only got crazy because she was protecting her baby, why doesn't he tell Oyelowo that, hey, this is why she was mad? Not because Why wouldn't testing. they know there was a baby in the cage with her? What'd you say? Why would they know that? Why Tyler wouldn't Levine you, Why to... wouldn't they know that? I, like, I guess they're not as hands-on. They're they, they... very hands-on. James Franco seems like he's pals with bright eyes. Also, I think she just had the baby because remember in John Lithgow, when they realized she picks up the bottle, he's like, what is this, like a day old or something? So she, she just had the baby. Um, Maybe there wasn't enough time to realize that they she had it. But that's crazy. How do you not notice a fucking monkey giving birth in your lab? Yeah, your back was turned. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> All right, anyway. Um, so... He brings the monkey home to his dad, John Lithgow, who has Alzheimer's. And then he starts to use the monkey's blood or whatever. I don't even know. to to. Well, he starts human trials on his dad. Yeah, he starts testing the monkey test on the humans because he realizes that it worked and made him smarter. So it must work on the humans. 
And God damn it, if it doesn't work, he goes to sleep w- with his dad as a big old dummy who doesn't remember anything. And then the next day he wakes up. John Lithgow's going to town on the piano. Yeah, he's going nuts over there. Yeah, he's playing great. And he gets up. He's like, I, I'm amazing now. I, I'll make breakfast. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and Frank goes psyched. He's like, I've, oh, my God, I found the cure for Alzheimer's. Yeah, this is so, incredible. Then it cuts like three years later or something like that, right? Yep. And lots uh, of time jumps. There are lots of time jumps. It was it was insane. Like he meets Frida Pinto, right? The slumdog millionaire. Yeah. And well, she's not the millionaire, but she fucks the millionaire, I think. Um and she like they go out on like one date or something, or they're just like flirting. So and, like he takes him to takes him to the vet, and she's the vet. Right. And then it's like five years later and they're like a couple. Yeah. Not a good couple either because I, she doesn't even know what he does really. Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. Because it, because it, they didn't really think about the time jump. It's five years later, but they're acting like they've only been dating for like a month. Yeah. Because he reveals to Caesar like this is your origin. And she's like, whoa, what? <laughs> you didn't <laughs> tell me any of that. I didn't know that's what you've been doing for this whole five years. Yeah. That's the monkey you've been living with. Yeah, it's like Holy a reveal shit. to her. It made no sense. Yeah. Anyway, I like how the monkey hangs at Caesar, by the way, the name of the Caesar. monkey. He's hanging out up there in the attic. He's enjoying it up there. He likes to look out that window. And, uh, oh, and uh, he, he escapes at one point and he bites off the neighbor's finger. Yeah, that's, that's, you're right. Yeah, because their neighbor's a real jerk and an airline pilot, apparently. And he dies, right? Doesn't Tyler Labine like put the put the like uh, virus on him? Yeah, well, Tyler Labine coughs up the virus onto the neighbor, and then there's a mid credit sequence. No, yeah, really? you didn't notice that? No, I never knew. <laughs> for this movie. Yeah, there's a mid credit sequence where you see the neighbor in an airport. In his like no. pilot's uniform, and he's like going to catch a flight that he's gonna that's fly awesome. on, and so he's gonna fucking. That's where the virus really goes crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So like that, is too. that canon? So like in the next movies, we're supposed to believe that that is how it spreads. Yeah. Anymore? Yeah. Wow. Because then, even after that mid-credit sequence, over the credits. They show a map of the world, and you see the spread of the virus starting there. Whoa. I never knew that this existed, that this was like a real thing. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. It happens who, played, pretty... who played the neighbor? I have no idea. He was like my. He was kind of my LVP, because I didn't really have anybody, but that's pretty substantial. Maybe he's not the LVP. Should I look him up? Yeah. Give me one second. Nobody, maybe the girlfriend. Uh, Rise... You Frida Pinto, she's your LVP. I mean, who I don't. Nobody stood out as bad, really. I guess not. All right. What, do you remember the neighbor's name? Uh, Marcus. <laughs> uh, no, nah, not really. I don't know it. Marcus. It's not Marcus. <laughs> it, it has a problem because a lot of them are apes, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to tell, man. It's all right if you don't know. I I thought you'd probably know him from something i didn't really recognize him to be honest it might be this fella uh uh jane no um sorry david hewlett i think that's who it is david hewlett 
Okay. I, I don't really him. know him. He's uh he's in he's in a lot of Guillermo del Toro movies. All right. All right. He's that's not that interesting. Anyway. What are we talking about? Uh I don't know, Labine died or something? <laughs> nah, Le- that's way later, man. Should we talk about Oh. Mal should we talk about Malfoy? Yeah, well what happens is after he bites that th- that finger off, they Animal control captures Caesar and brings him over to uh, an animal, like a primate sanctuary. Right. Owned by Brian Cox. Right. And and uh, and there are only two employees, one of which is like just some dumb guy who never talks. And the other one is Draco Malfoy. He's not dumb. He's like nice. He's nicer than Draco Malfoy for sure. They let him live. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they just put him in a cage. Yeah. But uh, Malfoy, he's like a jerk. Yeah, what else is he going to be? Yeah, I mean, it's right there in the name. Mal means bad. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. What's his name in real life? Tom Felton? Tom Felton. Yeah, yeah. But it's Drake. Let's just call him Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Um. So he... When they drop off Caesar, Caesar's in this big room with like a bunch of shit to jump on and stuff. And Franco's like, oh, he's going to have a great time here. No problem. So Franco and Frida Pinto leave. But then they put him in this tiny little cage and with like a bunch of other monkeys in tiny little cages. And they're all freaking out. And Draco goes, it's a madhouse, a madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Funny. It's, yeah. not, it's not quite like he sort of screams it, but it is <laughs> funny the way he delivers it. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So um, probably the saddest moment in the movie is when Caesar draws that window from his old attic in the little yeah. cage. Oh. What's even sadder when he erases it? He's like, oh. fuck you, James Franco. I know. I felt so bad. Yeah. Um. So what happened? So Draco Malfoy, he brings some babes back. <laughs> to see some apes, you know, he's he's got these two hot babes, and uh, they introduce them to a female ape named Cornelia. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was weird. And uh, no zero, I would like to zero. <laughs> Cornelia. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Caesar fucking choke slams this dude that there was. Uh, I don't know about that, but he he takes his little knife also. He had like a oh, bottle yeah, opener knife, right. and he takes it and that. uses it to escape. Yeah, yeah. So now he's just like able to get out and come home. Like don't like Caesar's on the go at all times. So he finds his way back to Franco's house while Franco's sleeping. <laughs> yeah, uh, goes into his fridge which only has two beers in it and nothing else. <laughs> really? Yeah. Two yeah. Sam Adams wheat ales. I got to look and, at that. <laughs> and uh, then uh, steals ALZ-113, which is the updated Alzheimer's drug. Mm-hmm. All right. But he, he doesn't steal, like, like uh, what, shots? Or like, uh, yeah, it's not like a serum. It's not an injection or anything. You know, you know what this is? These are smoke grenades that he gets <laughs> and he just tosses into the room, and the smoke turns all the apes into <laughs> well, smart apes. Hang on, hang on. 
That's how Caesar uses it. I don't think it's intended to be a smoke grenade. Really? It looks yeah. like he just takes out no, smoke grenades. Out I of the think fridge. what it's supposed. I, it, it's it's in vapor form, but I think you're supposed to like use a one of those masks and like breathe it in <laughs> over time. Okay, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, but what Caesar does is he cuts the thing open and throws it in the hallway with the apes and releases the all of the vapor into the air, which gives all of the apes super strength and powers and and smartness. Yeah, I feel like it shouldn't be a gas. I feel like it should be uh, something that you inject, like a liquid or something. Well, I'll tell you what, this movie's a gas. Loved it. That's just a positive way of saying something. Really? Yeah. This movie's a gas? Yeah, like I went to the fucking uh, amusement park yesterday, Logan. It was a gas. I've never heard that. Really? Oh, my God. I'm fucking old, aren't I? You spell that like you spell gas? Yeah. G-A-S? It was a gas. Okay. Anyway. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What happens next, Logan? What happens next after the smoke grenades? Uh, he says, take your stinking hands off me. <laughs> well, it, that's Draco again. Draco oh, gets all the iconic lines. Yeah, get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Um, which I thought he delivered kind of stupid. I was, like, I was into the madhouse line delivery. But this one <laughs> it's a madhouse, a madhouse. <laughs> yeah. But the point isn't of his delivery. The point is Caesar, because Caesar says, no, and you're like, oh shit! He said his first word, and then he starts going crazy. No, right. no, it's, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. And then, so the two thing weapons that Draco has against these monkeys, Logan, one is a hose. He'll hose you down, mm-hmm. and one is a little uh, like a shocker. Yeah, bzz, well, bzz. like a taser kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's using that, but. Caesar, while he's using that, hits him with the hose, electrocutes him to death. Why doesn't he stop doing it? Well, he's a big dummy. We know that. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was great that he was just weapons against him and kill him. And then, like, the last half hour of the movie is the apes escaping and rampaging through the streets of San Francisco, and it fucking rules. Yeah, it's awesome. But I I love the part first of all when they are they're just like in a neighborhood and the leaves are falling off oh, the trees. Great. And it's because they're swinging from the trees. I had forgotten about that moment, but that's an awesome moment. And I also like the part where I like the part where question. they commandeer the trolley. The trolley? They com- <laughs> right, use two words I need to explain. Commandeer <laughs> and trolley. They take over the little bus thing. <laughs> he should have said that. I took over the little bus thing. <laughs> so they they surround Oh Yellow at one point, right? Where he walks in the building and he looks up and they're all surrounding him. Oh, that shot fucking rules. Maybe the be- the best shot of the movie. But then how does he get away? Because then he gets in a helicopter and there's a whole action scene where he's in a helicopter shooting at them. How did he escape from all those apes and well, get to a they, helicopter? They don't kill humans these apes like they're under really? the yeah caesar is in charge and every time like an ape like a gorilla jumps on a human and it's like beating the shit out of him caesar always stops them right he can't stop he all of them. them there's there are no hundreds for of- sure and some people are dying like oyelowo does in that uh helicopter that crashes well, he lets koba kill him there that's a cool moment yeah yeah but 
I do I do think like Caesar isn't intentionally killing humans at this point. Right. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. But yeah, it's all very cool. And the all, when they get on the bridge and they push they they push that bus, that's a pretty cool moment. That rules, yeah. All the apes. Yeah. It's very cool. Very cool. I ending. love the apes like swinging down under the bridge. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that we didn't get a lot of baboons in the original, but we get <laughs> baboons in this one, right? Is that that's sort of yeah, new. baboons are a fun type of ape. What, what's the one's name? I uh, damn it, I didn't write it. You down. mean the one that was signing with, with Caesar? Maurice, I like Maurice. Yeah, that's the one. Maurice is cool, played by a woman, by the way. Really, I, I liked Maurice a lot too. Yeah, played by a woman. Uh, Maurice was very cool. They were swinging, and I was like, "Damn!" Those I, are I think that woman should have been nominated for an Academy Award, Logan. Yeah, you might be right. She kind of looked the most realistic, to be honest. I I really liked Maurice. I might go Maurice MVP. Now that we're talking every about it. circus. To be honest, every so often he'd lay it on a little thick. Like he's yeah. doing the monkey movements and stuff. But what about when they first take him out to the redwoods to like swing around out there? And he's looking out the back of the window of the car, and he's like, ooh, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't really notice it that bad. Anyway. Um, I feel like he's only going to get better. Probably. Right, right? And uh, the technology. He's, he's, yeah, and the technology will totally get better. So he uh, that's where he's taking everybody, out to those redwoods. Right. And Franco follows him out there, and Franco's like, you can't do this, Caesar, you know, us humans, we're like, we've enjoyed this world and we don't want to live in a world of apes. So why don't you just come back home with me? You could come home with me. Then Caesar leans into Franco's ear and says, Caesar is home. Yeah, it's a great moment. Yeah. It's wild sort of like shit. the end of ET. Um, how? how they get rid of E.T. at the very end, and he says, I'll be right here, and he touches his his heart or whatever. Oh, I didn't remember that he says anything. Oh, yeah, and they have a big moment at the end. Incredible moment. E.T., you you fucking, I hate your opinion on E.T. It's because I saw it as an adult, dude. If I saw that movie as a kid, I'd love it. How'd you see that as an adult? It was, like, out in the world. Because my parents never fucking showed me anything. I had to find stuff for myself, all right? Yeah, that's sad. And I know. They should have showed you E.T. They should have shown me. Every parent Tim, show your show, kids E.T. Every he was like single fucking parent should show their child E.T. Of course you should. But yeah. the problem is I saw E.T. for the first time when I was like 23 years old <laughs> and an asshole and a snob. Is that the only time you saw it? I saw it once since I liked it a little bit more, but it just uh. doesn't do that much to, for me because I didn't see it as a kid. All right, whatever. But yeah, it reminded me of the end of E.T. It's a it's a great ending. I thought that was very good. I fucking love this Rise of the Planet of the Apes. To me, and I haven't seen the next two Apes movies, but of the Apes movies I've seen, this is the best one since the original. Yes, I agree. I think three was a big standout. Is that Escape from the Planet Absolutely. of the Apes? I really liked that one. Um, and I had seen this, I think, a couple of times, but... Yeah, this is a really good movie, and uh, yeah, great movie. What, what do you give it? I'll give it a four. I am too. Yeah, uh, that was a great time. Who's your MVP? I'll tell you who my MVP is. James Franco. I James think he's. Franco. I think he's really good in this movie, and and like really convincing. And you know what? 
He's playing a scientist in this fucking thing, and I don't question it. And he's very good looking. He's very well. Maybe because you know him as a a scientist son, where he also tries to be a scientist. What's the oh in Spider Man? Well, that's what I'm carrying into this when I saw it. No, I mostly think of him as Daniel Desario from Freaks and Geeks. That's really your number one. What you? Think that's of my him number as? one, James Franco. Yes, uh, wow. but you know he's. I think he really plays a good role to the point where, yeah. like. To me, he's the star of the movie. And then when I saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and it was about like it was way more following Caesar's story. And James Franco's not even in the movie. I I think that's part of why I couldn't accept that movie, because I wanted to continue following the James Franco character. Yeah, I sort of forgot that he just like. I guess they just don't acknowledge him in those later movies. Oh, no, I do think there's like maybe a newspaper clipping of him in one of the later movies, maybe. But I th- I sort of thought maybe he died coming out of this. But no, he lives and Caesar just goes on and lives his life and we don't yeah. hear from him again. Yeah, he makes one last ditch effort to get Caesar to come home. And then he's like, I guess Caesar's going to take over the world. All right. Yeah, I guess he just stays married and lives his life. No kids. They were married for five years. Never had any kids. I guess not, man. He, you know, the, he already had kids. He had Caesar the monkey yeah. and his John dad. Lithgow, his crazy dad. Yeah, we didn't talk about his dad died. Yeah, and the and the the cure stops working because he develops antibodies for it. Yes, that's right. And Oyelowo, he he's sort of fun. He gets like pretty greedy. There's the, yeah. so, sort of a few like turns where you sort of don't buy it. Where like Franco get gets like. There's like it's sort of like a face turn for Franco because he was sort of like bad and greedy, but not really. But then he's like, "Hey, you guys got to stop this." But then you sort of don't buy that. But then oh, yellow was really bad, and that's kind of weird. But yeah, you don't question it really. No, I I, I followed it, the motivations of everybody pretty fine, and yeah, uh, yeah I thought oh, yellow was really good. Yeah, I didn't even cool. realize it was him for like half the movie. He's, he's I definitely didn't know him at the that time. That fellow's a chameleon. Uh, I mean, I didn't either. Everybody first really started clocking that guy in Selma, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's a good actor. He should get he should be in a lot of stuff. I think we <laughs> did him in uh Cloverfield Paradox. Oh, that's right. He did show up in that. Yeah, he's like the main guy. What else has he done recently? I, I feel like I he don't know. I feel like we all thought after Selma that guy was gonna be everywhere and he kinda yeah, hasn't we did. been. Um let's see, he was in that See How They Run last year. It's doing like he was in Peter Rabbit 2, Chaos Walking. Wow. He's getting bad roles, man. Somebody yeah. give David Oyelowo something to do. Yeah, I agree. A Wrinkle in Time. It's been like some tankers. Yeah, I never saw that. All right. Uh, who's your LVP? My LVP, I wrote down The Neighbor, but I guess if he started the entire thing, really, that's pretty cool. Who? I don't know. Okay, I'm looking. What are you, what are you at, do? I'm looking at the board right now. One of those girls hanging out with Draco. <laughs> no, they were sexy. <laughs> Why are you hanging out with Draco though? Yeah, good point. Yeah, seriously, you could probably do better than that, dude. Yeah. Um. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's Frida Pinto. Just the character. It's weird. He just like meets her at a vet, and then she's like, "I'm James Franco." So now we're dating. <laughs> no, I have a girlfriend in this movie. It's kind of weird, yeah. <laughs> you know what we didn't talk about in the Burton movie is that there's a kid in the last half hour, just like the original. Like the little girl? 
No, not the not a there's like, like a, a human little, girl. But there's a boy, remember, who like fucks up on that horse and Mark Wahlberg has to save him? Yeah, I do fucking remember that. Right. <laughs> the little girl was cute. Yeah, she was, but she she never really did anything at all. They were like, you thought well, she pouted and looked cute, but you thought she was gonna be like a big deal, and then, right. but they they take her with them, but then she does nothing at all. So she sits around looking cute and pouting. But I thought she would like play at least a point at at some part, but well, she no. doesn't. All right, so yeah, I'm gonna stick with uh, Frida Pinto as my LBP. I got no beef with her really as like an actor, but uh, yeah, not great. Yeah, kind of an uh, and an underwritten character too. I'll do the same thing because because you can't say the neighbor does anything wrong because if I had an ape living next door who kept like breaking on onto my property and like I'd be scared too and I would probably want it shut down also. So yeah, this lady dated James Franco for five fucking years, never asked where fucking his pet monkey came from. Yeah, that that's really worse why she gets the LVP. What was up with that? That's yeah. the biggest question in the movie. How does she not <laughs> not know that? Yeah. All right. That's these Planet of the Apes. Next week on the show, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of the Planet of the Apes, gang. War then... for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, is it? Yes. All right. Is it like Battle for the Planet yeah, of the Apes? Yeah, I'll accept it. And then um, and then the next week, we've got something real special for you guys lined up. Um, yes. But, uh, I'm, but... but I'm excited about next week. I really am. I, I like these upcoming movies, and you haven't. You haven't seen them, so I've seen Dawn once. All right, but not but, uh, war. Not war. You gave up. Uh, so, but stay tuned for a bonus episode this week. I know we've been putting out a lot of those lately with Scream Six and what was the other one we did? Mm, Creed Three. Creed Three. That's right. So uh, we got some catch up to do. Um, Puss New in Mutants. Boots. Yeah. Well, first, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish is the headliner. That's that's what you want to hear us talk about, right? The new Puss in Boots. And uh, we also realized we never did the Three New years Mutants. Ago. Yeah, the New Mutants came out a while ago. I think it sort of got lost in the shuffle of like the Henry to Logan host transition. Because I, I remember talking about it with Henry and we never got around to it. Um, but uh, that was a random Marvel movie, X-Men franchise, which we've covered, that... Uh, really did nothing at the box office. Went. yeah it really came and went so i don't even know who made it who all is in i know anya taylor joy is in it right yeah one uh the the cute little elfin girl from game of thrones is in it uh Maisie williams <laughs> yes and i think the guy from stranger things yes yeah one of the dudes from stranger things and that's all i know about it yeah um X-Men. so and it's horror-y a little bit yeah so check it out uh that should go up like in the next day or two um puss in boots last wish and the new mutants combined bonus episode all right yeah. and then buffy and all, Tr- all different things we've been watching good point patreon.com slash the franchise for even more content from logan and i we've got buffy's angel never guess what i watch guys i watched a franchise film this week that i'd never seen before oceans 13 Oh, yeah. So come to, hey, I'm watching here, and you'll hear him talk about that. And I'll be discussing season two of Mayor of Kingstown with Jeremy Renner. All right. And and uh, Buffy's Angels this week, we're doing the, the John Ritter one and Bad Eggs. So. 
Those I also are- went and, or I didn't go and see, but I saw the uh, the old cocaine bear. Oh, and I saw the Adam Driver Dino movie. Yeah, sixty five. Yeah, you so didn't like it that much. Nobody uh, really liked it. That well, much. don't bummer. spoil it. I'll talk about it on oh, Friday. On hey, I'm watching here. Uh, and in the meantime, gang, you know, keep them TVs warm and uh, happy trails. Yo, it's about that time to break forth. Yeah, baby.